He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, but be good for goodness sake. You better watch out, but not for Mr. Claus. This year, all the naughty boys and girls will be punished with the greatest sacrifice of all. The end of their life and the eternal damnation of their soul. This holiday season, St. Nick's evil shadow, his hooved twin, and his minions are on the prowl to take the lives of all the people who have lost their Christmas spirit. This is It Records. Wow, what a flawless intro that was. Whoever did that really was on their game. <laughs> it's like it's like you didn't even practice it. No, it's not like I wrote it down or, or even flubbed it as I read it directly from my uh, iPad. Oh. Not a fire? No. No, no, no. Wow. No, sir. Uh, actually, it's not even an iPad. It's actually a tablet. <laughs> I'm... I'm really not on my game today. <laughs> we are sponsored, so you got to be careful what you say. <laughs> oh, that's, that's true. Happens to the best of us. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, this is the It Records podcast. And if you didn't pick up from the intro, this week we went um, festive since the holiday season is coming up and did the 2015 film. Krampus or Krumpus, depending on however you pronounce it. Directed by Michael Dougherty. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle bells. Merry Christmas! Looks like Martha Stewart threw up in here. This is delicious, honey. A little dry. Well, mine's delicious. Mine's dry. Do you want to trade? It's, the it's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. With those holiday greetings and How are we going to survive Christmas with 12 people stuck in a house with no heat and no electricity? Or food. There's plenty of leftovers, Howard. Beer it is. It's the weirdest thing. There's no cars, no people. How long can this keep up? We heard something on the roof. What the hell is this? St. Nicholas is not coming this year. Instead, a much darker ancient spirit. Those are hooves. Elk? Or a goat? What kind of goat walks on its hind legs? His name is Krampus. He and his helpers did not come to give, but to take. Hold on to each other. He is the shadow of Saint Nicholas. How do each of you guys pronounce it? Clearly, it's Krampus. I, I, I say Krampus. Krampus. It's Krampus. It's Krampus. Krampus. Okay. Is it Krampus? Is it Krampus? To, I think. I don't I think it's. You have to. I think it's Krampus. The German, you know, background. So clearly, it's Krampus. But we're mm. from the Midwest, so we gotta really emphasize the A. <laughs> it's cr- Krampus. You know, the uh, the background, the culture of the movie, wouldn't you say? I guess. But we're American, and we don't do that. Pete <laughs> is really resisting us. 
So those of you who have never heard of Krampus, Krumpus, um, first of all, this was a 2015 film. It's a holiday horror film that basically surrounds a family like any other Christmas movie that are meeting together for the holidays. But one young boy loses his Christmas spirit when he's uh, bullied for writing a letter to Santa. Where afterwards a large blizzard snows in the family and a strange shadowy beast starts stalking the family and all of the neighborhood. That's Krumpus in a nutshell. The main idea of it. But I think it would be beneficial... Hopefully, most of the uh, listeners know of Krumpus, but if they don't, um, kind of, were you guys aware of Krumpus prior to the movie, I guess? Like, the actual lore of Krumpus? Yes, I was. I was not. So, like, coming into this movie, Lindsay, was this, like, the first time you'd ever heard the name and were like, what is this horror movie? Like, did you think... Did you know there was a lore, or you just thought it was like a horror movie? Like a horror villain, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't think I knew anything about it prior. Um, so when I was seeing kind of the trailers and stuff, I just thought, like, that looks really interesting. Um, you know, I'm going to research more about it, and then I went to go see it. So I kind of knew the background going in. But um, before the movie came out, before anything came out about it at all, I don't think I had any idea. I had ever heard of it, no. So that was kind of cool for me to delve into and then uh, watch the movie and then do more research after uh, I finished watching it, so. Did you see it right when it came out? You did. You did. Did you guys? I saw it within a year it came out. I think I rented it, like, off Redbox or something like that. Mm. This was my first viewing. I had never really? seen it before. And I... I think that's I, a first. Yeah, and... That, that me and Lindsay have seen a movie that you haven't. That never happens. I, I have never seen this, and it has been on my radar, though, since it came out. Because I knew of Krumpus, like, the lore. And at the time it came out, I think, like, Adam Scott was in Parks and Rec, I think. So, like, I was like... Yeah. I knew about... Oh, Adam Scott's in this movie... And um, what's his name? David Coker, Kochner from like Anchorman is in this film as um, oh yeah like the the brother-in-law with the Hummers and the guns. The Hummers. It's one Hummer and multiple guns. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. If he's got one Hummer, he's got multiple Hummers. He probably has two or three. Two reasonably assume. I I just never got around to seeing it. I got lazy and never saw it. But I am glad that we're watching it. And so, Pete, you said you kind of knew of the Krumpus lore. Do you, if you could impart on the audience, like, what what you knew or kind of what the idea of Krumpus is so people have an idea? Yeah, from what I remember... Hang on, slight pause. (laughs) My dog is biting biting the shit out of me. What are you doing? Hey, it's just one of... Um, so yeah, Krampus, from what I'm familiar with, was like, it's like German, right? It's a German, like, folklore and, like, kind of, like, Northern European, I want to say, too. Yeah, I've, from the research I've done, it's definitely European. Uh, uh, A lot of countries kind of have the lore of Krampus to some extent. And, yeah. like, it was, like, kind of, like, it's very similar to Santa Claus. Like, it's, like, they, I don't know if they give you gifts. I think they just, like, it was, like, it meant as, like, a deterrent for children to behave. You know, like, any folklore really has in any culture. They're, like, they see, they know if you did anything bad, so be good, be a good kid. Or they, like... They beat you with a switch is, like, a big thing about the lore. And there's, like, another part of the lore that, like, they, like, disembowel you, I think? I think that's, like... I I think so. I think that's true. Like, like they... Like, there's some... I want to say 
like parts, not all parts of people who believe in Krampus do this, but I could have sworn I remember that like it like it goes even like darker where they like kidnap the children and they like harvest your, I don't know. They do some weird fucking shit is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> I think there really is some dark origins to like what Krampus would actually do to the children, but that was his, his thing was like the shadow of St. Nick. Instead of getting coal, which more people are familiar with now with Santa Claus, there was one of Santa's like counterparts was Krampus. And if you misbehave, or in this case of this movie, lost your Christmas spirit, um, he would make sure that <laughs> you learned your lesson, um, essentially. It's in beating with the switch. Um, and there's also, I mean, what's it called? That's the lore. But even today, there's, uh, was it uh, Krampus Run? Krampus Run that goes on, which is like every year they kind of celebrate Krampus. People still do it. What do they do for that? Um, great question. I don't really know entirely. Is it actually just like a marathon? Like it's just like a little fun thing? Or is it just like they pretend they're being chased by Krampus? I think it's that one. I think it's the latter. I really don't think it's like a marathon. I think there's some theatrics involved with it. People are dressed up. They're performing as if they were Krampus. Hmm. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, it also would be advantageous to mention that even though we've said he's like the shadow of St. Nick who punishes young children, it's also said that he has horns, he's half human, like half goat, half demon. So he's got hooves and horns. Um, so he's like this weird beast human demon thing. <laughs> um, also... Yeah, he's kind of terrifying. Yeah, and there's minions and elves and there's evildoers. Didn't... What else did this guy direct? I know he directed something else. That would be my friend... Michael Dougherty is his name. Um, and directing is his game. But uh, also, he <laughs> directed Trick or Treat. Um, the other holiday movie. Uh, another Halloween... Or sorry, just a holiday horror type film that I'm sure many of the listeners are familiar with. I think we've, we've talked about it a few times. I think so. Um, but I know that uh, Michael Doherty, he did Trick or Treat, which was a holiday horror movie around Halloween, which there's plenty of those. Um, but he, he really wanted to do a Christmas one, for sure, um, somehow. Um which he should do all wow. the holidays. Yeah. Easter yeah. is next. Labor Day. Labor. Flag Day. Siblings Day. Donut Day. Yeah. Just fucking all of them. All of the days. He's gonna have a long career. Hmm. Expecting big things from you, Michael. No pressure. Well, with, you know, he, he's done these, these two holiday horror movies now that we know of. Uh, it kind of touches on that horror significance, which I've done for in the past, talking about where this kind of fits. Definitely into that ho- holiday subgenre, or uh, what do you have a monster demon type character, whatever Krampus is, but it, it falls in that holiday subgenre. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Where I always think Christmas ones are always fun for me. Um, I think. Christmas horror and I I think people are drawn to it so much because generally holidays one allow a director to create like an anniversary so it can happen again and again or two like have a costume and themed deaths around a certain holiday so that you can be creative around that but also it's a time to be like merry and happy and family and closeness and then you bring a killer in to mess that all up. Yeah. Yeah, I always liked it because there's always like these like <clears throat> really chipper, happy movies around Christmas time that look really like not good. <laughs> and then you get like 
I feel like uh, certainly more recently we've been getting a lot of horror movies around Christmas time. Because I think people are starting to realize, like, hey, not everyone wants to watch that. People want to watch messed up shit, too. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we've been enjoying that kind of uptick in uh, holiday horror. I know that I have. Keep them coming. Well, I mean, with that, like, um, Christmas horror movies or Christmas movies coming around in December and whatnot, uh, prior to this film, I don't... I don't know if you have this in trivia, Lindsay, or not. Um, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> uh, we can edit this out if you do. Um, but prior to this, this came out in 2015, there hadn't been a, a Christmas horror movie since 2009, um, which some say was a reason for its success because coming out like its, its opening weekend, it was... Relative, it did relatively well in the box office opening weekend, at least. It was like in, I think it was second behind Mockingjay that came out, the Hunger Games movie, um, especially for a horror movie. And people can, they said they attributed it to people hadn't seen a Christmas horror movie in seven, eight years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Could, I do know was that it Black movie Christmas, is. the Black Christmas remake. Is that what it is? It, that was 2006. It, then it was 2006, not 2009, because it was Black Christmas. was the last Christmas horror movie. Oh, prior I'm to sorry, but that one sucked. Yeah. So it was nine years. World was years. Nine years. Okay. Luckily, you're getting another Black Christmas. Is it this Christmas that uh, the new remake comes out? Right? I think it is. I think it yeah. is. Yeah, so... Our second it looks not. Blender. It looks not good. You know, I saw the trailer, and this is a side Black Christmas tangent for our our holiday horror episode. It it almost feels like it reveals too much in the trailer, and I don't know if you guys have watched it, but I feel like a lot of like the mystery that would happen in the movie is like given in the in the trailer of like who the the killers might be. Maybe there'll yeah, be a trailer, twist. Trailers always do that recently. I feel like they always give away yeah. too much. Especially when you think a movie's going to bomb. And I think they think this movie's going to bomb. Because I think they... They think no one knows this movie. Because no one really does besides, like, horror fans. Yeah. You know, people that, like... That like horror, like, a significant amount that... Actually go back and watch older horror movies rather than just seeing the new ones. It kind of looks like... like an even worst version of, like, Riverdale. Like, you know what I mean? Hey! What? (laughs) Why are you talking about Riverdale like that? (laughs) I like Riverdale, but I haven't watched... I haven't watched it for, like, a season. You gotta catch up so we can talk about it and do our podcast. (laughs) Our, our, our side project, uh, the Riverdale uh, project. I'm sorry, Peter, go on. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, it is like, it's like very teeny looking. That's why, because I feel like Riverdale is like the quintessential yeah. teen show that I can think of right now. That's true. It's like so dramatic. Mm-hmm. And that's how Black Christmas kind of looks to me. It just looks like that kind of like style. Style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's going to get worse with each remake, honestly. But speaking of holiday horror, Krumpus. 2015. <laughs> I, we, we've kind of talked about holiday horror, um, but it, we can kind of discuss elements of the film now, or like plots, um, if anybody sure. has any specific moments um, that speak to them. Any specific camera angle that really moved you in <laughs> Krumpus. Uh, I don't think there's like anything I I think this cast is is honestly really good (laughs) like I wish they did more with the people that they had because they had a lot of great people in this movie yeah Adam Scott Tony Collette David Kochner Allison Tolman um just to name a few (laughs) like I forgot Tony Collette was in this movie and I was like 
damn, like, here she is just being good in another horror movie when she doesn't have to be. <laughs> yeah. But for, uh, I guess, the general plot of the film, it starts, we have a young man named Max. It's three days before Christmas. That's kind of important at this point, at least. So it's, what, the 23rd, I guess, is Max is at his home with his parents, which is Adam Scott, Tony Collette, and his sister. And they started off, they were taking like a family photo with Santa at the mall t- to come home and prepare for the family that's going to come over and stay for the holidays. That's the setup. Also, who lives with them is Adam Scott's mother, Ami, who speaks mostly German. And when we meet her, she's making some German, like, sweets and treats, and she's watching Christmas Carol. And I would say for, like, the, the, the start of this film, like this, all the way until when the other family arrives, which is David Kochner and his kids, it really kind of just feels like a normal holiday Christmas movie, where, like, almost like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Where Chevy Chase is setting up the house for his wacky relatives, and they're going to come over, um, and hijinks will ensue, which is the whole setup, and then Max, the young kid, believes in Santa, nobody else does, because he's, what, probably 10, maybe? He's getting up there. He's getting getting up up there, there. yeah. But he still believes in Santa. And um, he writes a letter to Santa. One of his cousins, one of his cousins grabs, grabs the letter and, and basically mocks him in front of the whole family at dinner. To which, to which he becomes upset. He rips up the letter, throws it out the window, in essence loses his Christmas spirit and stops believing in Santa. Which then, which then ends really the setup, Act One, to where, to where these like, like snow clouds. Or snow clouds, dark, ominous clouds come over, and a blizzard ensues that packs the family inside. I feel like I feel like the second part, the second part of the movie, of the movie is, just like is just like them being terrified, them being terrified of what's going to happen, happen, and then. Krampus doing all his magical bullshit and killing some people. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's that's all I got. <laughs> all right, middle. That's the middle you part can, of you, the movie. <laughs> you could add more to it, but that's that's basically it. Okay, so, um, it's the sister Beth that goes first, right? She like goes to look for her boyfriend, right? But the whole town has been, like, snowed in beyond belief, and, uh, like, nobody is around, right? Like, it seems like they're totally abandoned. Yeah. Yeah, it almost looks like they're, like, in a different world. Like, it's, like, they don't see a soul. Like, it... It's, like, very weird. Yeah. So that kind of adds to the eeriness, you know, of what's going on. And, uh... So she's the first, um, followed by many more. Um, I know that the one's, like, stuck in the house. Um, I think one or two of them, like, the sister, like, cousin, twin, I can't remember what they were. But they were, like, the ones that were mean to Max. Um, one of them gets lured up to the attic, I want to say, by, uh, one of the Krampus, Krampus, um, cronies, right? His His cronies. His cronies, yeah. A his, crump is his enforcers. His enforcers. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah, with uh, them. <laughs> so, yeah, and then... What else happens? Um, yeah. So, like, I think also... I want to gauge you guys. Um, in this, like, second act, it is the blizzard, they're snowed in, yada, yada, yada. Um... I know, we all kind of know that Krumpus is going to come into play here, and we kind of see that when Adam Scott and his brother-in-law go outside, and there's, like, hoof marks, and then, like, this thing going through the snow, almost like a tremor, um, going around here and there. But, um, what I wasn't expecting, and I was kind of wondering 
what your guys' thoughts were, is when there's that hook that comes down from the chimney when they're all sleeping, and from the chimney, or not from the chimney, from the hook pops a gingerbread man that's talking to this kid. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I was wondering if you guys were going to be aware of that or... I mean, of course, we always think of that lovable character from Shrek with his gumdrop button. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. But this one was more malicious than than the Shrek. Um, which, by the way, fun fact, and I hope this isn't in trivia, I have. <laughs> um, Seth Green did the voice of that little guy. So Seth did, Green from... Did, did Gingerbread Man? <laughs> the Gingerbread Man, yeah. It's Shrek or in the movie? What's that? In Shrek or in Krampus? In Krampus. Oh, nice. Okay. In this one. In this one. Yeah. I didn't know until, like, looking through the credits. Oh, no, Seth Green. I was like, what what did he do? (laughs) (laughs) He was a little gingerbread man. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. Didn't see that coming, you know? Keeps things fresh. No. So, yeah, um... The house gets infiltrated by uh, Krampus's, Krampus's um, followers. Um, the grandma tells her experience um, back when she was a child about what happened with her family. When was it her that lost the Christmas spirit? I think what brought Krampus there, and like when she was younger, was because she did. She like she set up the story that like everybody in her town did, and was like really bitter. But I don't think he came until she lost the spirit as well. As well. <clears throat> so, yeah, she's got a little history with Krampus uh, himself. So um, then kind of into the third act, um, Adam Scott like decides that it's best that they all jump ship from the house because they're being attacked by all this stuff. Um, they all make a beeline to the snowplow outside while Krampus, Krampus is attacking the grandma and the elves catch Stevie and the rest and um, basically everybody but Max gets caught and dragged under the snow. Um, so finally the big moment happens where Max and Krampus meet face to face. You know, He tries to say he's sorry for losing his Christmas spirit but by this point Krampus doesn't really care, throws him into hell. Um, so then the next thing that we see is Max waking up, and it's, uh, very, like, it was all a dream-esque for a minute there, and I'm pretty sure, like, everybody hates that. Um, but then we see that they're being watched through a snow globe in Krampus's workshop as they start to remember what happened the night before, so we get kind of this, uh, this feeling that they're trapped, they're stuck, and, uh, it's a little ambiguous, which I'll get into more later, but um, that's where the movie leaves us. Yeah. Um, I guess since you kind of, you, you went to the ending um, and, and like the, the pullback and they're in like a snow globe in Krampus's lair, um, I was kind of curious what you guys took from that. Like, how did you see, how did you interpret the ending? It's Christmas Day. The whole family is sitting there. Um, to which Max opens his present and it's, it's the little bell that says Krumpus on it that his grandmother had and they all start to hear like their memories from last night or whatever. Like it starts flooding back to them, it seems like. Yeah. Um, so how did you take the ending? I was just curious how you thought it ended. I think it's like, kind of like what Lindsay was saying is that they're kind of replaying the worst moment of their lives, like hell. Like this kind of like, the only thing I can really compare it to <clears throat> is this show Preacher. It's based off a comic book. But in this world, when a person goes to hell, it replays like the worst moment of their lives over and over and over again. But they don't know it. Mm-hmm. So they're just kind of forced to live that the worst moment of their lives, and each and like, but they could like break out of it or whatever. So mm-hmm. it just reminded me of that. Okay. So I thought I thought it was like basically the same thing. 
I'm kind of inclined to agree with Pete. Um, I know, like, this kind of gets into one of my uh, trivia points that I found on IMDb um, in particular, but, um, you know, there's, like, mostly two fan theories out there, one of them being, like, uh, you're kind of being forced to relive uh, this over and over in this sort of version of hell. Um, and then there's the other version that people kind of subscribe to, which is uh, they're given a second chance. Um, but I don't really know about that one. So I think uh, it's more likely that it could be, um, you know, being stuck in that loop and being forced to, you know, replay the bad memories over and over again. What do you think, Matt? When When I first saw it, I kind of... I subscribe to that idea, like a Groundhog's Day almost, where they're reliving this hell over and over again, um, which I like, and I think it's interesting, could lead to a Krumpus too, because, you know, he's just down in this lair with this snow globe, who is he going to go to next? But then, um, after, you know, pondering it and and looking into some uh, other people's thoughts, it was interesting to think of it uh, also as, you know... um, Christmas Carol-esque, which is, uh, you know, Christmas Carol's ghost. It's not really horror, but it deals with ghosts and, you know, learning from your past. Where instead of when he threw him into hell, where he thinks he's dying, um, he wakes up the next day. It's Christmas. Everything's back to normal because he sacrificed himself. Um, But Krumpus will always leave him with that reminder, that little bell of what happened. And what could be if you lose the spirit again. So never lose that spirit. And the snow globe are just like uh, uh, Krumpus's portals into other people's lives. Like, I see you when you're sleeping. So like as soon as he sees somebody lose their Christmas spirit in one of his snow globes, boom, he's in there. Krumpus 2, Krumpus 3, Krumpus 4. I smell a franchise. (laughs) So what you're saying is the bell... Is Rosebud? <clears throat> yeah. Yes, I am saying that it's Citizen Kane esque. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah, it's just a reminder. Yeah. No, I I like that. I I really do. Um, yeah, that's the other main theory that uh, is out there, and. Um, I know that the director, like, never confirmed, you know, either way, but, um, according to, what is it, let me see. According to the tie-in comic book, Shadow of St. Nicholas, that confirms that the happy ending is the true one. And the happy ending is the true one. Krumpus is willing to give people a second chance as long as they prove they've learned their lesson. Unlike his grandmother, Max was brave enough to confront Krumpus and prove he learned his lesson, which is why Max had his family return and the grandmothers didn't. So, very good insight. I still don't know if I believe it, but I like it. I, I, I kind of... And... I can kind of see the happy ending being the one that Michael Darty wanted to use because one, just doing research on him, he wanted to do a Christmas horror movie, but also he wanted to do it like a Joe Dante B movie. I know I, I, I saw that and you could see a lot of gremlins in here. I felt home alone in here where it was, he wanted, he wanted those comedy elements in it and to be scary, but I don't think he was going for all out horror when he was doing this. Um, it's just like kind of a uh, a slapstick, bur- he, like Burbs, but Joe Dante did the Burbs, very kind of a similar type of campy horror movie, slapstick horror. So I could see him wanting that happy ending, a very very Home Alone-y, where like Kevin McAllister wakes up and says, uh, "My family disappeared," but then they come back and he's all happy. That's I got that vibe when Max came running down the stairs the next day after he was thrown into hell. Oh, my whole family's here. <laughs> is is I nope, I lost it. I forgot I was gonna say. <laughs> what? He mentioned him you know, it was about a movie a specific movie that he just talked about. <clears throat> I just said it. I mentioned 
Joe Dante, so Gremlins. I mentioned the Burbs. Oh, I got it. The Burbs. Does that take place on Christmas? No, but it's Joe Dante. So I think... So he, Joe Dante did Gremlins. Um, no, I know. It was, I, I, I knew that it was... That type of feel. I knew it was Joe and Dante, but I was like trying to remember if it took place during Christmas that I couldn't remember if it did. I actually... I don't. It's not Christmas, but I believe it's Memorial Day. I believe it's a holiday. Because <laughs> I, I think it starts off with Carrie Fisher, who plays Tom Hanks' wife in that film, is like... Oh, what are you going to do for the long weekend? <laughs> That's my Carrie Fisher, by the way. That's a, That's a, very, bitter, a very good impression. <laughs> but I think it's Memorial Day. Her daughter, you know, or Labor her daughter Day. Would, be, would be very happy over that impression of her mother. <laughs> oh, man. Terrible. But Bill, yes. Billy, what's, what's her name? I don't know. It's Billy something, right? Could be. It... Billy Eilish, right? <laughs> Billy, yeah, Billy Eilish. I gotta look it up. Well, uh, well, Pete looks up Carrie Fisher's daughter for us on the podcast. Lindsay, do you have any trivia for us? Some fun facts. Billy Lord. Billy Lord. So we already touched on one of them. With the whole, like, you know, um, deconstructing the ending. But, uh, I got two more for you guys. So get ready. Hell yeah. Um, so I found all of us on IMDb, so let that be known. But, um, it actually, uh, the original release date for this movie in 2015 was November 25th. Um, but then they did change it to December 4th, um, because of... Krampus Knot, Krampus Knot, you know, that annual Austrian festival that we were kind of talking about earlier. Um, that's held on December 5th of every year. Um, so that celebrates, you know, Krampus coming to punish the naughty children, which it's kind of a weird concept celebrating that, but um, they have a little festival. Um, and so the other one that I had, um, we were talking about uh, quite a few of Krampus's underlings. Um, those that were represented in the movie are real Christmas and winter folk figures in European cultures. Um, one example that I got from the website was uh, the Yule goat that is in Scandinavia. Um, the creatures with the Icelandic names are named as such after the Icelandic Yule lads who, as legend has it, visit the houses at each of each of the twelve nights before Christmas, so those are like the the elves, the ice, is that the Icelandic ones? Those elves you're saying? Yule lads. Yule lads. Which, Which? Not elves? Okay, Yule lads. Gotcha. Is that what they it's call the South elves? Pole, it's a South Pole elf. Come on, guys. <laughs> well, one of my favorite minions was Der Clown. I don't know about you guys. Which Der Clown was the Jack in the Box? That's the actual. That's the actual what? name. That's the actual name of that thing. Is Der Clown? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't know that I wasn't. Ma- I wasn't trying to make a joke. That was like that's the name <laughs> of. Eat Der Clown, eater of children. Yeah. Huh. That's underwhelming. Spooky stuff. Spooky stuff. He does eat a child in this film. Spoiler alert. How'd this movie do? I know you mentioned it was a good opening day weekend. Um, but was it like a, su- a success? You uh, you got any guesses, huh? You got any uh, budget guesses? Any box office I, guesses? I looked it up already when I was trying to figure something out. Okay. Which, which one? Do you know both? Uh, no. <laughs> Which one do you know? I think I know the box, the, what it made. Okay, okay. So, what do you think the budget was? What do you think? You got Tony Collette, you got I, Adam Scott. I think it was like around like $20 million is what I think I saw. Yeah. Yeah. 
Lindsay, do you have a uh, Price is Right guess to Pete's twenty million on the budget? Um, I mean, you looked it up, right? Yes, I have it. I have the number. But Pete looked he it also, up. He also, I I I looked it up. I don't really remember it, but uh, I think he gave you a really good clue right there. I'm I'm gonna stick in that <laughs> neighborhood. It's funded to thirty mil. Okay, so you're gonna go above him. Just a little. It was, it was, fifteen mil. I was gonna say that. Fifteen mil. Yeah. Yeah. So fifteen million, and then I would say it was a box office success. It made like sixty-five, right? Sixty something. Yeah, sixty something million. That's that's good. It's probably not. I guess I can't really complain. It's a it's a horror movie. It's not gonna make, like. Marvel movie numbers. Yeah. I mean, it made four to five times its budget, so... Yeah. I feel like it... It, like... It kind of has, like, middling reviews, you know? Like, uh, people, like... They, like, didn't know what to think of it. And I think it kind of... You kind of mentioned it, how... He wanted to make, like, it a happy ending. And I think, like, that kind of, like for me, takes it away from it. I think he could have gone a little more horror with it. Like, uh... I like that in the beginning it feels like a Christmas movie, but I I hate how it feels it kind of backpedals a little bit. Like, in the end. Like, I I like the ambiguity, but I wish it, like... I don't know, I wish they did something a step further to make it more horror. I would bring up a point to that. This is a PG-13 movie, for the record. This is a whole... It's true, it is. Do you think the PG-13 rating hurt it in that regard? If you wanted to be more of a horror movie, would it have been better just to be an R-rated movie? And they could have gone all out. Well, they can make a good PG-13 horror movie. Like, just because it's PG-13 doesn't mean you can't have, like, a, a grim ending. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of limits you, I guess, up until then, right? I guess, like, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. th- people with PG, like, they're trying to make... PG-13 makes the most amount of money in movies, I guess. for t- Typically, I, I don't know. Maybe family movies do more. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, PG-13 for horror, for sure. But I guess, like, well, for family the one- movies, then it would be a PG. No, I'm done. Go yeah. ahead. I was just going to bring up, um, I guess it's PG-13, um, like The Conjuring is an R-rated movie, and there's not really gore in that. It's really just the images, I feel like, and it's just like terrifying sequences. There's not really much blood, but I think doing that, um, they had to make it R, and that, that made more than this movie, and I think that's just because it's part of its own universe already, <laughs> with The Conjuring and Annabelle and the Warrens but I think I think it might have benefited if they would have went all out um just went R with it um I guess it depends who they're who they're trying to get if they're trying to get those horror fans probably having an R rated movie would have been better I think they should have known like I feel like studios make the mistake to like Oh, like, we want to get everyone, but, like, everyone's not going to go see this movie. Like, it's just, like... Like, if you want to make it a more family-friendly horror movie, like, that's your goal, PG-13 is probably the way to go. But if that's not your goal, then make it R. Yeah, that's fair. And I think, as I even said earlier... He wanted to be like a Joe Dante Gremlins type movie. Or like, that's the kind of five you wanted to cultivate. And those aren't R. Like, those aren't no. terrifying, gory movies. They just have horror elements in them. But I think like that's what he knew. Like, I mean, I'm making assumptions here that I feel like he knew that's what he wanted and did that. Yeah. Rather than like, how can I edit this down? to get the rating to make the most money. Um, 
one thing I wanted to point out, I believe this is, is it, is it Weta or Wera Workshop that did the, like, the puppets and the cinematography for this film? Cinematography. Did the puppets for this film. The oh, yeah. live I, action I stuff. I don't remember, but I really, I really liked it. Well, yeah, it's Weta Workshop, and Weta Workshop did um, the biggest one, The Lord of the Rings, like the trilogy. They made a lot of the uh, effects and props for Lord of the Rings, but they've done several others. They're based in New Zealand, and they did this film. They made all those like Der Clown, Jack in the Box, the the Crumpus uh, outfits, the that little angel, demonic angel thing so they made all those live action all those actual animatronics now, before we go into defend or destroy um i know there's a lot crumpus is in pop culture a lot um he's in there's other movies out there that were that, that predated this or after this uh, crumpus is even mentioned in an episode of the office there's a horror movie called a christmas horror story that involves crumpus so you can get your fair share of Krumpus in other type of mediums, if you will. But one I wanted to bring up, since we have Lindsay here, um, there's a there was something called Anti Claus. Have you guys heard of this rendition of Krumpus? No. I have. All right. Well, Matt's gonna clickety clack here on his uh, computer, but Anti Claus is a passion project of Kevin Smith who he's been working on a Krumpus movie for years um, I don't know where it stands currently but he had kind of been trying to make a Krumpus movie forever then Michael Dougherty did this and I think they kind of put it on hold for a while but I know Kevin Smith really wants to make this movie called Anti Claus uh, and it's a Krumpus type movie Kevin Smith, if you're listening, we want you to finish this project. <laughs> or at least I do. Weird. No, he could s- stick to Comic Book Men or whatever the hell that show was called. That's that's probably not even on the air anymore. <laughs> you guys remember this, this show? Yeah, it's on, it on AMC. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Is it still on? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's on anymore. <laughs> He gets sick to that show being retired. <laughs> no, that sounds cool. I'm into that. I really do want him to finish it, so... You know, however long it takes. Take your time, Kevin Smith. Finish. Do it right. <laughs> With that, are you guys ready to defend or destroy... Crumpus and his cronies? Yes. Matt, you go first. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> so I'll start with saying I've been wanting to see this one for a long time, ever since it came out. Uh, it's taken me until now, four years later, to finally see it. But I would have to say I didn't really know what to expect, kind of going in. I knew the lore of Krumpus, and it kind of takes me all over the place uh, with like these different minions in there. Um there's a lot of humor packed into this film. Um, there's some laughs. I, I generally think a lot of the like design of the car- uh, the minions was really well done. And it created this like really cool environment of Krumpus. Um, and I just thought it was fun. I thought it was really entertaining. Um, I didn't know what to expect, but I was pleasantly surprised with kind of every turn it took. It was really short. Um, I didn't really know what to make of the ending. Um, it was a little ambiguous um, and kind of maybe rushed a little bit towards the end. But I defended. I thought it was fun. I thought it's a, it's a fun Christmas like horror movie, um, which I love Christmas horror movies. And this one was really fun to, to watch. Yeah. So I defend it. Cool. Peter, hot take. Whoa. Uh, Krampus, as I say. <laughs> got the gotta get the A in there. Um I like this movie a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's got some good special effects. 
I will just really I like this movie a lot. I defend it. I think it's uh it's not the I I wanted more out of it because I really enjoyed Trick or Treat from him. And it's not as good as that one, but I still think it's like a really good I think maybe the studio got involved maybe and the didn't let him do completely what he wanted or he just didn't know what he wanted as we kind of maybe pointed out but I think it still works very well that's it well I'll round us off um so for some reason this movie feels like a guilty pleasure to me like I don't know why I feel like that um because I it's really good all around um in any case I really enjoy it um I think the plot moves right along I like the historical and kind of cultural tie-ins with the title villain um you know it's a very solid non-traditional holiday horror um very imaginative and I found myself kind of lost in the folklore of the story and it was really engaged so it's going to be a different for me which means we're unanimous yeah, unanimous defend. Yeah, I think it's, it's been a good, while, hasn't it? I'd have to think. Like you, I, I, I have to look back at the spreadsheet. Um. But, yeah, that, that's a good point. I thought um, I got caught up in the folklore, and and you said non traditional like horror movie, or Christmas horror, and that was fresh. I thought it was like a fresh take, instead of remaking black christmas for instance which i love i love black christmas but like you know remaking it when you could have made like krumpus which is kind of an, a fresh take yeah that's cool that's cool that's cool, that's cool. <laughs> all right well thanks for tuning in everybody you have a unanimous defend for krumpus now that it's the holiday season go check it out um until next time, though, um, get at us on Twitter or Facebook. Check us out on our website. All of our content's on there as well as YouTube. Leave us a review. It really helps people uh, get the word out about us. and um, kind of puts us to the top so people can listen to our It Records podcast. Um, and let us know if there's any episodes you'd like us to do, mini episodes and such, or any blogs. Any blogs you want to hear, not hear, but read. Read our written word about the films that we love. Just let us know. Um, but until next time, I'm Matt Johnson, and I will remain in the shadows, keeping that fire stoked so Krumpus doesn't come down the chimney. Uh, I guess I'll be doing, you know, putting a little gear in front of the the fireplace like they do in uh, Futurama. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right.